Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Well, welcome to the village approach. <coughs> This is Reverend Cora Denise Stewart-Lowe, and it's been quite a while since I've come to you. I just want to update you on my health condition. Since the last time I recorded, I was getting ready to go into surgery. I want you to know that God has blessed me to go through two surgeries, and God has blessed me to have... uh, two treatments of chemotherapy, and God has blessed me to go through some pretty trying times. But uh, I just want to say as it relates to my health today that I still feel that this issue of cancer, this journey of cancer is a blessing. Um, God never gives us more than we can bear. And that's what I hold on to, his word that says, I'll never give you more than you can bear. And I believe that it is God who has allowed me to take this journey. He's blessed me to have this cancer, although I'm sure there are many who would never, ever think of cancer as being a blessing. But, you know, I told you the last time that everything in my life comes into my life to bless me. So I just want to say thank you, Heavenly Father, for blessing me. There have been many changes in my life since the last time I was on, but um, I still am blessed. And uh, there are some people who go through pains and go through sorrow, and go through dark periods in their life, and they think, you know, this is so bad. But I've told my family and my friends, excuse me, that even though I might have a day filled with pain or I might have a period of worry and doubt, I am still blessed. I'm blessed because, you know, when we laid down last night, there were many people who didn't get up. But God blessed me to lay down. He gave me a good night's rest, and he woke me up this morning, and he started me on my way. And as I studied my Sunday school lesson, I'm reminded that in order to be a follower of Christ, you have to be willing to go through some struggles, to suffer, to go through some pains. But, you know, I I often wonder, is there something wrong with me? Because even when I'm hurting so bad, I can't remember to pray. I still think it's a blessing because I know that God will never, ever give me more than I can bear. And enough said about that. And 
The other thing that I want to equate this to, if you're going through some difficulties in your life or if you've gone through some difficulties in your life and, you know, it, it makes you feel some kind of way, you know, it's only one person in life that <clears throat> can uh, make you feel better, and that's you. I have chosen not to be a victim of cancer, but I am a victor over cancer. Even as it may still be in my body, I will not become a victim to cancer, but a victor over it. And I say that because many times we fail to realize that uh, you could take a situation and you can live through it. And most people think that the blessing only comes on the other side of through. But I'm letting you know you have blessings every day as you go through. But we we fail to recognize that we are blessed in every second that we don't die. And for those of us who may be going through uh, pains of former sexual abuse or harassment or whatever you want to call it, you know, you can decide to stay a victim of what has happened to you or you can rise up and decide to do something about it. And I'm saying that because most of you all are aware of the sexual issues that are going on on, in Hollywood, in the political world, with the Me Too uh, uh, movement. And I I was talking to my friend, uh, Mr. Lee Hall, and I explained to him one day I was praying for the victims. And it reminded me of when we were going through the civil rights movement and we were fighting for our civil rights. We fought. That was the first step to be given the right, the equal rights as everybody else. But we didn't think beyond getting the rights. So the decision as to how and what that would look like was left up to people who were not victims of not having civil rights. And I said the same thing to the Me Too and to the other women that are stepping out. Go beyond. The first step is to say it out loud, to tell somebody. But what will be your second step? And I would suggest to you that your second step would be to try to get some type of legislation that will require that, number one, any person who is accused of sexual misconduct uh, should have an immediate uh, process to vet and validate that this is or is not a uh, accurate situation. I do not think, especially with politicians, that a person should be allowed to run with that accusation hanging over their head. If if it comes up, there should be an immediate process to validate or verify whether or not uh, that person is guilty as charged. And I do think that the punishment for harassment and abuse 
and rape should be different. I do not think that it should all be the same. Uh, But this is just my opinion, and I, I think that those persons coming forward don't remain a victim. You know, start the process of trying to develop a process that will vet and validate your claims and and thereby justifying uh, what has happened and getting some justice for what has happened. And then start with the third step of praying and asking God to give you the strength to move forward. Don't remain a victim. Step up to the process, and you want to become a victor. You don't want to just be a survivor. You want to be a thriver. You want to use what has happened to you to make the best of someone else's life. I'm reminded of a famous minister, Joyce Myers. Uh, She said that her biological father sexually misused, abused, and harassed her for many years of her life. And she also uh, will tell you that because of that abuse, misuse, and harassment, it has made her who she is today. I say that to you. I say that to you that uh, your, your victimization is also the result of who you are today. So don't misuse it. Use it. Don't misuse it. Use it. Use it to realize that what you have lived through has made you the person that you are today. And know that it is some positiveness in everything, even those things that hurt us. And um, I want to say one more thing, and I'm going to end this segment because this was really not the segment that I had chosen for today, but that's all right. I'm going to do two. Um, I was talking to a person who said that they describe um, the world to young people as being mean and cold and harsh and hurtful. And I told that person, that there are many things that happen in the course of life that are mean, that are hard, that are cold, that are dark, and will hurt you to your core. There are. There really are. But that does not have to define what your life can be. I often say to my children, my daughters, my daughter, my nephew, my nieces, I often tell them that just because cold, dark, mean, hurtful things happen to you, you don't have to live a cold, dark, mean, hurtful life. You decide that, you know, if I say that there's a blessing in everything that happens to you, look for the blessing. Look for the lesson. Look for the love. Look for the God because God is everywhere all the time. And and if you can find the lesson, the blessing, and the God, the Jesus, the Holy Spirit, 
in the experiences of your life, you will find that while this situation may have been really bad, it does not have to dictate that the rest of your life will be. And I'm not telling you something that somebody told me or that I read. I'm telling you something that I lived. And I gave that person the example, do you really think that I would have chosen to have cancer? Do you really think that I would have chosen to allow my oldest child to die? Do you really think that I would have chosen to be married and divorced twice? Do you really think that I would have chosen these things? And I say to you, I I remember one of the first worst hurts that I had in my life that I can remember was uh, not marrying the, the first love of my life. When I realized that wasn't going to happen, it hurt me to my core because up until that point in my life, there hadn't been very many things that I wanted that I didn't get. But you know what? It didn't kill me. It made me stronger. And as a result, you know, I've had a really good life. I've really had a good life. I've had a great life. And there have been many things in my life that hurt. But I did. I chose not to live in hurt, in hate, in pain, in darkness. I chose to live my life praising my God, worshiping him, and being an example of how he will bless you if you allow him to. Well, I'm going to end this segment, and I don't know which one Mr. Hall is going to play first, but I want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year and a great life. And just remember, just remember that life isn't about what happens to you. It's about how you choose to receive it. It's more about your attitude. And remember, attitude determines your altitude and how high you will fly in this life. This is Reverend Cora Denise Stewart-Lowe with The Village Approach, and I'm hoping to bring to you more segments in the coming year. Thank you.
Good afternoon. Well, good afternoon. This is Reverend Cora Denise Stewart-Lowe coming to you live with the Village Approach. And I thought in as much as we are in the month of December and this is the Christmas holidays, I would like to share two of my favorite Christmas stories. And I just want you to think about it. Uh, just think about it. And the first one is, "'Twas the night before Jesus came." And it goes like this. "'Twas the night before Jesus came, and all through the house, not a creature was praying, not one in the house. Their Bibles were laying on the shelves without care in hopes that Jesus would not come there. The children were dressing to crawl into bed, not once ever kneeling or bowing their heads. And Mom in her rocker with Babe on her lap was watching the late show while I took a nap. When out of the east there arose such a clatter, I sprang to my feet to see just what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash to open the shutters and threw up the sash. When what to my wandering eyes should appear but angels proclaiming that Jesus was here. With a big light like the sun sending forth a bright ray, I knew in a moment this must be the day. The light of his face made me cover my head. It was Jesus returning, just like he had said. And though I possessed worldly wisdom and wealth, I cried when I saw him, in spite of myself. In the book of life which he had held in his hand was written the name of every save woman and man. He spoke not a word as he searched for my name. When Jesus said, hmm, it's not here, my head hung in shame. The people whose names had been written with love, he gathered to take to his Father above. With those who were ready, he rose without a sound, while all the rest were left standing around. I fell to my knees, but... It was too late. I had waited too long and thus sealed my faith. I stood and I cried as they rose out of sight. Oh, if only I had been ready tonight. In the words of this poem, the meaning is clear. The coming of Jesus is drawing near. There's only one light, and when comes the last call, we'll find that the Bible was true after all. This uh, poem was written by Lou Pinter, and it was copyrighted in 1984 by Bethany Farms in Carrollton, Illinois. And if you would like to uh, read it for yourself, you can go on the Internet and find it, and um, you can read it and share it. But I think in this, season where we are getting all wrapped up in buying gifts, we must remember that the most important thing is to give the gift of love, give the gift of joy, 
Give the gift of peace. Uh, Give the gift of Jesus and take the time to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And we know that this may not be the actual birthday of Jesus, but this has become the date that the United States, I'll say, and others have chosen to celebrate Jesus' birth. So let's give time to give praise and thanksgiving to to God for sending his son, Jesus, and to Jesus for leaving the Holy Spirit to bless us, to keep us, and to help us. And let us remember, I just want to say this. I tell my children in the classroom all the time, there has been a ban of public praying of sorts in public schools. But if you have learned to pray at home and at church, prayer is always with you. And if prayer is with you, Jesus is always with you. You don't let anybody tell you you can't pray. Now, you might not be able to do it out loud, but you can always pray in silence. And when you're faced with difficulties, when you're getting ready to take a test, when you're going, when you're getting ready to face somebody that you feel does not really validate who you are, pray and let God handle the situation. The other story that I would like to share is centered around the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas. And I I always do this in my church during the holidays. I won't be doing it this year because I'm kind of sequestered to my house. But I just want to share a little background history on the 12 days of Christmas. It is an English Christmas carol. From 1558 until 1829, Roman Catholics in England were not permitted to practice their faith openly. Someone uh, during that year wrote this carol as a catechism song for the young Catholics. It has two levels of meaning, the surface meaning plus a hidden meaning, known only to members of the church, but I'm going to share with you. The true love that one hears in the song is not a spin boy or a girlfriend, but Jesus Christ, because truly love was born on Christmas Day. The partridge in the pear tree also represents him because that bird is willing to sacrifice his life if necessary, to protect its young by fingeing injury to draw away predators. According to Anne Ball in her book, Handbook on Catholic Sacramentals, the two turtle doves were the Old and New Testament. The three French hens stood for faith, hope, and love. It also stood for the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The four calling birds were the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The five golden rings represented the first five books of the Old Testament, which describe man's fall into sin and the great love of God in sending a Savior. And that is also called the Pentateuch, the Book of Law. The six geese are laying stood for the six days of creation. The seven swans of swimming 
represents the sevenfold gifts of the Holy Spirit, prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, contributions, leadership, and, ma- and mercy. The eight maids of milking were the eight beatitudes found in the fifth chapter of Matthew. The nine ladies dancing were the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit, charity, also known as love, joy, peace, patience, uh, forbearance, patience, uh, synonym for forbearance, goodness, kindness, uh, kindness, synonym for goodness, mildness, fidelity, modesty, continuancy, or chastity. The ten lords of leaping were the ten commandments. The eleven pipers piping stood for the eleven faithful apostles. Remember, there were twelve, but Judas Iscariot uh, was the one who portrayed Christ. The twelve drummers drumming symbolizes the twelve points of the leaf in the Apostle Creed, uh, original source. From Kevin Goodwin, and uh, this was printed with permission of the Catholic tradition. And for those of you who listening who are listening uh and are practicing Catholics, uh you may be familiar with this song and its double meaning. Uh have a conversation with your family about it and please share uh whatever you hear on the village approach with anybody who you think might benefit from it. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I pray that God will continue to bless you and yours and keep you in the spirit of Christmas all year, of loving, of caring, and sharing. This is Reverend Cora Denise Stewart with the Village Approach, and I'm wishing you a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for listening.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.